Welcome to Data Science at Home, the podcast about data science for small companies and large enterprises. Data Science at Home is the show where we tell you the skills you need and the tools you can build at home. We are supported by World of Piggy, thinking human world in mathematical terms. Visit worldofpiggy.com or Twitter at World of Piggy. Welcome everybody to another episode of Data Science at Home and in this episode I'm going to talk about data science and fraud detection and to do that I'm going to have a conversation with an expert in the field, machine learning engineer Iyad Sibai. Hi Iyad, how are you? I'm good, thank you. What about you? I'm very well, looking for holidays actually. <laughs> so Iyad is a machine learning engineer at iZettle and a contributor of uh, REP, which stands for a Reproducible Experiment Platform. So let me start from the beginning. Iyad, who are you? I am Iyad. Uh, I hold a bachelor degree in computer engineering and a master's degree in artificial intelligence. Um, my first full-time job was at the largest oil company in the world, Saudi Aramco developing geophysical applications to process seismic data. After that, I decided to look for a more challenging job. So I moved to Sweden uh, to work for a startup at that time uh, called uh, Campania, optimizing real-time bidding system for online advertising, specifically for uh, Google AdWords. Then I decided to join iZettle uh, to fight fraud, reduce financial crimes, and make the world a better place. That's a a really stunning progress in your career indeed. And um, what is iZettle exactly? Actually, iZettle is uh, is a company trying to uh, reinvent the banking industry by helping small business owners to live better, work less, and earn more. Based in Stockholm, iZettle revolutionized the mobile payments in uh, 2010 with the world's first mini-chip card reader and software for mobile devices. Today, small business owners uh, around the world use uh, use iZettle's simple services to improve the speed and ease of payments at checkout, uh, business management, uh, sales analytics, customer engagements, and to get funding. All of this is really interesting. And uh, do you guys uh, work uh, in a team of data scientists, I, I assume that um, at iZettle, uh, people do data science, I mean, to analyze and to detect fraud. So do you work in such a team? Yes, we do, actually. Uh, at the same time, we work very closely w- with the risk department, uh, as we are a team within the risk department, actually. Can you give us a brief explanation of what fraud detection means? Fraud is a um, fraud is a criminal deception intended to result in financial or personal gain. What we mean by fraud detection is being able to detect it as early as possible, either before it happens or after it's been done, but early enough to reduce losses. I would say uh, losses could be financial or fi- non-financial even. But I know that for confidentiality reasons, I cannot ask you many of the questions that I would like to know. But what exactly are you guys detecting? Without going much into details, we try to detect and estimate any risks that affect iSettle, the company, and its merchants. We try to make sure none of these parties lose money or hurt their reputation or brand. 
you can think of fraud detection in three different perceptions. The, tra the traditional one, uh, fraud is an outlier. And by outlier, I mean a few and different. This is an assumption that all what we know is that the fraud won't occur much and it's going to be different than the norm. And in this case, you can use unsupervised techniques. The second one is that fraud behavior has occurred before and we know about it. This is obviously supervised learning problem. Mm -hmm. And the last one is that the fraud is a sequence of actions that ends up by gaining a reward or not. And this is a clearly a reinforcement learning problem. So this is actually mirroring a bit what is going on in data science in general. Is it a coincidence or is it wanted? I would say it's a mix of both. Of course, the trick here is to be able to, to know when and how to use and or combine all of these types when you are building your fraud detection system. I see. And how much human intervention is there in a fraud detection? Uh, you know, in card payments, it's a, uh, card payments is a sensitive field. Uh, stopping a legit uh, user to make a transaction is a big no-no uh, for ICETL. Uh, we take care of our uh, users and we try to assure the quality of our detection system. And uh, to ensure that, we have to add the humans to our uh, detection pipeline, even though we are confident about our detection system. It's always good to be more sure. And do you think there will ever be the perfect detector anytime soon? Define perfect. That <laughs> makes sense. Okay, let's be pragmatic. What do you think could happen in five years from now in the fraud detection arena? I would say there will be a, a perfect det uh, detector for, for the current fraud techniques we face. Uh, at the same time, fraudsters are being innovative. Uh, as technology is evolving and uh, to our benefit, it's evolving towards their benefits too. In card payments world, banks and card providers, they can always try to ensure the, uh, that the payment is legit. But this adds more friction to the uh, payment process, which will uh, affect the converging rates of the merchants. Sometimes it's not optimal to have zero risk. You know, no risk, no gain. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Iyad, what are the tools that you usually work with in terms of uh, specific hardware, if you if you have, or uh, specific software packages and stuff like that? For our uh, infrastructure, we use uh, Amazon Web Services. For the machine learning uh, uh, pipeline, we use uh, Apache Spark for the data processing. Uh, even though I am a fan of Dusk. <laughs> I know that. I, I That's how I discovered you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for the modeling part, uh, uh, we use uh, the Python package scikit-learn with, with some of our in-house tools. And um, this is a question I've been asking around and I've also been asked for a while. Why Python? Python now is the most popular introductory teaching language in the top U.S. universities. It used to be Java. It's now being a replacement for MATLAB for engineers and scientists. Uh, you know, you have NumPy, and NumPy now it's uh, very close to uh, to how to use uh, MATLAB arrays. You, we have also in Python uh, Matplotlib, which is very close to mat, uh, MATLAB plotting. In addition, that uh, Python is free and open source. That's so true. 
As we have seen MATLAB going really down and uh, have basically no position in the data analytics field so far, that's not really true for pure engineering applications, but yeah, in the data analytics field, uh, MATLAB basically doesn't exist. You can also check um, Amazon Web Services or the Google Cloud Platform or any other cloud service provider. They always have an, a Python API to their service. Uh, I mean, these days it's almost always uh, Java API and uh, uh, Python API to any service exist. Right. Yeah. I, I, and also, I do believe that, you know, Python's readability is the number one reason for why Python. Yeah. Uh, uh, the way that you can uh, explain an algorithm in uh, in a very uh, simple language, uh, and the, also the second reason is the uh, the number of uh, packages and libraries. Uh, I mean, Python is really rich when it comes to uh, data analytics. Uh, you know, you have Pandas, uh, Scikit-Learn, and NumPy, many others. So I would ask any data scientist, uh, why not Python, actually? And now let's move to the second part of this episode, which um, is uh, REP, um, which is the acronym of Reproducible Experiment Platform. It's uh, something that I uh, discovered uh, on the GitHub repository. Uh, I spent quite a long time going around GitHub every day, almost. And, uh, uh, well, from the GitHub, I could read that the, you know, the usual description, REP is environment for conducting data-driven research in a consistent and reproducible way, which is quite the, the motto of the, of the package. So, Iyad, what is that? Uh, REP is a framework uh, that provide you, provides you with the um, scikit-learn-like interface, or you can say a wrapper to many machine learning packages, uh, like scikit-learn itself, uh, xgboost, pybrain, and uh, some famous others also. Um, of course, the, the, the aim of the package is uh, to make it simple for you to uh, conduct research about data and solve one of the hardest problem about that, which is uh, uh, being able to reproduce your research uh, about the data or the models or any conclusions you have. And uh, they all, it comes also with uh, some tools and a Docker image to be able to do that. Mm. So all of this uh, allows a data scientist to reproduce an experiment anytime within any environment due to the Docker and in exactly the same conditions it was performed the first time? Exactly. And how mature this project is? I would say it's mature enough. Uh, with, the, uh, with these type of projects, you can always ask for more, of course. Uh, it's a never-ending project. Uh, <laughs> you know, m m maturity is a relative thing. Uh, it's not easy to measure. I believe that one of su such a project is one of those projects that you can complicate as much as you want. And, uh, and uh, as a data scientist, why should I be interested in such a platform? Uh, I would say because of the tools uh, that uh, it comes with, you know, the sklearn-like wrapper over many different machine learning packages uh, makes it very easy for you to test multiple models and uh, train multiple uh, models at the same time uh, from uh, too many different packages. Uh, it comes with the classification and regression reports, which includes many interesting plots for you. 
like the learning curve, uh, features distributions, uh, correlations, and uh, their importance, and many more. Um, yeah, I would say it's a really neat project. Interesting. Interesting. And I guess that it's going to help a lot of data scientists save a lot of time automatizing things whenever they can. So what is your contribution within this project? Well, my, my contribution was mainly uh, making it possible to, to use it with Python 3, as it didn't support Python 3 at the beginning. And as many packages are now transitioning to Python 3, or at least getting ready to that. And um, okay, so general question, where do you see data science in 10 years? The competition will be more into uh, who has a better data quality. With deep learning, the challenge is becoming more into data quality and quantity. Uh, we can read uh, these days many slogans that support this conclusion, I would say. Uh, data is the new oil. And environmentally friendly people say uh, data is the new bacon. <laughs> or vegetarians or vegans would say, uh, you know, data is the new tofu. <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> that's very true. I think that data is the new bacon is um, has been sponsored by a commercial product, if I'm not wrong. Um, and what about deep learning techniques? Like there is a huge hype on deep learning. And, and we have also seen a lot of deep learning based um, packages that are breaking or fixing the state of the art in many uh, in many fields. Computer vision is one 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 of them. So what about deep learning techniques in the next 10 years? I would say it won't be limited to just deep learning techniques, uh, uh, even though it's uh, it's going to, you know, we, we are all going to benefit from that. Uh, I believe you will see a collection of tools and services that will simplify our day-to-day -day tasks as a data scientist. In addition, there will be a high demand for data scientists. Uh, every company will hire a data scientist uh, to mine their data, I would say. Which is very good for us. <laughs> of course, yes. And um, how about data science like in the very near future? Let's say, okay, 2016 is almost done. Let's say 2017. Nowadays, we see new startups uh, trying to build an automated machine learning as a service um, where you can just upload your data and then Run, run some machine learning algorithms and then you will get a, a ready-made model. Uh, but I, I do believe that this will be will have a great future, but it won't solve all, all problems. Uh, companies nowadays are being more aware about data and its value. If they don't start collecting and quality assure the data, they will re regret it big times. Hmm. Remember, remember, with the data collection, the sooner the better is always the best answer. I totally agree with you. Yeah, it was really nice to have you here at Data Science at Home. I truly enjoyed and uh, I hope that our listeners did as well. I'm looking forward to seeing the progress we expect or you expect on a reproducible experiment platform or REP. And of course, good luck detecting the bad guys. Thank you. Thank you very much, Francisco. Data Science at Home is the show where we tell you the skills you need and the tools you can build at home. We are supported by World of Piggy, thinking human world in mathematical terms. Visit worldofpiggy.com or Twitter at World of Piggy. 
Hey, if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes and help this podcast reach more ears. So tell your friends and colleagues that we exist. We will really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.